Welcome back to Top 5 Movies. This week on the episode, we're going to be discussing our top five buddy comedies or buddy films, buddy flicks. I'm not really sure if comedy is where we're limited. We'll find out. Um, I'm John Burke, and with me... Corey Starr, hello, hello. And... Michael Sanchez. And it is the day after the Oscars, and we are going to just spend a little bit of time before we get into our list discussing um, what now, of course, by the time you're hearing this, is old news, but nonetheless, it's still relevant to us. We just want to talk about it briefly. We had um, a fun evening. I watched the the entire Oscars, I think for the first time ever, from beginning to end. I I even... um, That was last night? It was. It was last night, and it was a great time, actually. Um, Jimmy Kimmel was a really solid host. I enjoyed most of it. There was a, a running gag with Matt Damon that was so like really uh, ended powerfully. Um, there were some really cool moments, like they did this thing where they took a younger actor um, and they um, they put them in like what looked like a movie theater, and they watched uh, their favorite movie of a older actor or actress. So like Javier Bardem uh, did Meryl Streep in Bridges of Madison County. Um, Trying to remember all the names. Um, I'm having a hard time remember who did Charlie McLean. Um, but they did the apartment, and I, I God, I cannot remember who the younger actor. I feel like it was Charlize Theron, but I might be wrong. Um, Seth Rogen did Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future, which was awesome. Um, it was a little hard seeing, you know, Michael J. Fox because of the Parkinson's, but they came out in the in the DeLorean, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then they capped it with a joke where Jimmy Kimmel did Matt Damon to with uh, I, I bought a zoo to really like push the joke home which culminates in a very funny uh ben affleck and matt damon presenting uh the best screenwriter i think adaptation but um the the big talk of the night of course was the flub that warren Beatty reads the card for best picture he looks down at the card he looks at the audience he looks down at the card looks at the audience i think faye dunaway was his uh uh, collaborator or whatever the correct word is for the co-award giver and um she looks at him and says come on and he hands her the card she looks at it puzzled for a second and then says la la land's best picture and so the crowd comes up, everyone's up on stage, and you start seeing text running around, and things don't look right. Like, it doesn't look like everyone's where they should be. And then I believe the producer from La La Land steps up to the mic and says, there's a mistake, Moonlight is the winner. Which, of course, the audience starts to applaud, thinking he's just being a nice, you know, a nice winner who's saying, like, maybe we don't deserve this, Moonlight deserves this, that kind of thing. But he wasn't being, you know, facetious. He was being literal. They are the winner, we are not. And he was... He could not have been more cordial, um, and he even said, um, it's my great honor to give this award to Moonlight. Like, he was super awesome about what just happened, considering he was essentially embarrassed. It was like, hey, you guys won. Never mind. Um, Now, Warren Beatty explains that what happened was when he opened the card, he wasn't doing a bit. He wasn't looking at the card, looking at the audience, doing a bit. He was genuinely confused because the card said, Emma Stone, La La Land. And somehow there was a mix-up. They gave him the envelope for the best actress, which had already been announced. And so when Faye Dunaway looked at the card, she just saw La La Land and said La La Land. And the production staff realized what happened. They got it corrected as quick as possible, but too late where the, the, the glitch had happened. I, however, think it might have been Warren Beatty being a little bit bitter and realizing that the rules don't apply to him. That was a whole lot of setup for a joke that probably 3% of the audience is going to get because almost nobody saw rules don't apply, but that was Warren Beatty's directorial film from last year and dropped the mic. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
I'm going to say high five to them for being cordial. I can only imagine. I feel like my heart would have been crushed and I would have been super embarrassed if that happened to me. I, but think, that's... I think it would have been more embarrassing in a single car- ca- like category where like best actor, best supporting actor, where you're by yourself up there versus like 30 or 40 people. I, and I might be exaggerating, but there's a lot of people on stage for the best picture because it's the everyone that's there that was involved with the picture comes up on stage. So the actors, the directors, the production crews, everything. So, um, so there were like 500 people on stage well, when they had I, to switch over. Yeah, but Moonlight was a much smaller production, so it wasn't quite as many people to come up. But um, it was, it was, you know, good surprise. It, and of course, the biggest thing is everyone was expecting La La Land. So them saying La La Land there instead of like if it had been Manchester by the Sea, I think people would be like, what, what an upset. But they said the one that people expected to win, and that's why it really, I think, was so shocking when the guy was saying it's Moonlight. And everyone's like, no. I mean, he had to hold up the card that said Moonlight on it for us to all like, oh, he's not joking. This is like legit. <laughs> But, I want to know how he got the card instead of Warren Beatty. Oh, he snatched it out of Warren Beatty's hand. It, it's not oh, okay. not in a negative way, but he was trying to prove the point. I think Warren Beatty even like held it up to him to like show the card. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was shocking, uh, and, and that was after it already had run late by like thirty or forty minutes. So wow. it was like twelve fifteen, and I was much much ready for bed. But I, I was committed to watching it. I did, uh, and uh, so we did a pool at my work. Um, just for fun, no no money or anything involved. Just like everyone who wanted to participate picked the people they thought would win, um, and I was tied for first uh, with a guy who won last year when I I did this and I, I host it because um, I'm kind of, I'm the movie guy at the school. That's my my reputation now. So um, it was it was fun though. That's, uh, it was the first year I really got into the whole thing, and I'd seen all the uh, the American films. I didn't get to see all the foreign films. I didn't see any of the foreign nominations actually, um, and I didn't get to see any of the docs that were nominated. I did see a few documentaries from last year. They just didn't make it to uh, the Academy Award, which I feel like Wiener was uh, was slighted. I, Wiener was a really well-made and very intriguing um, documentary about Anthony Wiener, the uh, congressman who, well, showed his... That name. Yeah. Well, that's what makes the story so funny is because he got caught showing a <laughs> Wiener pic on Twitter. <laughs> And that's what makes it, it could not have happened to a funnier situation. Like, I mean, if it was any, it was like, I, I guess it was like Anthony Johnson. It would be like, oh, that's kind of funny. But Anthony Weiner is about as close to you get. Um, I mean, if his name had been Rich, like Richard Weiner, it's like, wait. Oh, no. Dick Weiner, huh? Kids can be cruel. All right. Let's get into our top five list this week. So if you're a new listener, um, what we do is we uh, we decide on a topic and we all in private make our top five list for that that topic and then we get together on this podcast and we discuss our our top five for the category and this week's category is buddy movies or buddy comedies we didn't specify too much the generally speaking though the criteria for buddy would be two characters um paired up together for some kind of adventure or mishap or something and it is often set in a comedic sense. Um, some of these are going to be more like bromances, and some of these will be uh, maybe a little more action-oriented, I'm sure. We'll see what happens. But um, I had a very easy time making my list because this is apparently a genre that I'm a big fan of. Um, the harder part for me was coming up with my five, but I did have like a lot to pull from. Um, how about you guys? <clears throat> it took a little bit of work. I'll be darned. Same same sorry these and some of these i haven't seen in a little while this apparently is not you know a type of film that i visit or revisit often but sorry i feel like a disappointment uh, often but it's okay um oh no 
<laughs> um, so if you guys watch a lot of movies and you listen to this podcast, hit me up with an email. I might be looking for some co-host. I kid, oh, no. I kid. I, I got my list made. No, I know. I'm joking. I, I'm very. I love you guys. I would never replace you. Um, okay, as long as you guys don't leave. Uh, so and and I'm sure there's at least one you all haven't seen. So I if yes. not, I'll be disappointed, Michael. I expect to learn about movies from you, not not to just hear what I already watched every time. But so, first, before we get started. And before I forget, spoiler warnings, um, uh, we'll probably give out some details on these movies. You might not want to know if you haven't seen them yet. You can check out our list at berkreviews.com first before you listen, if you so desire, unless you like for people to tell you all about the movies. Yep. Now, this list may not warrant such spoilers, but you never know what we're going to bring up. Um, So it is good to be aware. All right. Mikey's going to start us off this week. So, Mike, give us your top five, number five, um, buddy comedy or buddy film. I'm not sure what to call this list yet. And my top five, my number five pick is... La La Land. Oh, no, it's oh. not La La Land. Oh, no. Poor La La Land. <laughs> We're sorry about this disappointment. Uh, um, I need to get my, uh, my my list back from the Pricewaterhouse people. Uh, well, but um, not for lack of trying, but I felt it a bit of a challenge because most of these are going to be male-oriented. And I, I wanted to include a female buddy duo film to the list. And uh, this one immediately jumped. And while it's not my top one, it's I feel definitely falls into it. And it's not. That's the thing because I felt it was would have been really limiting to just keep it to comedy. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So I went um, uh, just like my extrapolated version of love as a definition from last week's list. Um, this kind of goes that route. So uh, there was a couple of them that would have been contenders as far as this, but I, I honestly couldn't say that they were my favorite. Um, so, for example, if I had said, um, oh, what was it? The Heat, that would – I enjoyed it, but I couldn't say, honestly say it's my favorite. This one, however, was a favorite of mine. Since the time I'd watched in the theater way back in '91, uh, Ridley Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise. Does that, uh, with the, uh, I should have waited. Thelma and Louise with Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. It caught me off guard. I wasn't really sure what I was getting into when I w- w- watched it, but I mean, in essence, it boils down to a road trip with a few twists in the road. Of course, um, this is kind of the launching point for Brad Pitt's career. His appearances in Cutting Class which I saw on the video shelf forever, but it never picked up, and Happy Together, which I'd never heard of. Um, didn't really do a whole lot for him, but this was the one that was his breakout, I think, that got him launched into this next phase. Um, I felt this epitomized what a buddy film can be. It's not all for grins and giggles. There are some very serious serious issues that are dealt with throughout the film. Um, but, Ultimately, they are friends to the end without giving a whole lot. Uh, if you haven't already seen it, I mean, it's been out, what, 26 years now? Yeah, it's um, I have not uh, seen it, by the way, since you've asked. Uh, okay, so I won't I won't give it too much. But, I mean, if you start researching more, uh, it's one of many that I have a personal list of that never needs to be given a remake treatment ever. Uh, it, it's the way, it, you know, Ridley Scott, he's hit or miss, and I, I felt this one was a hit for sure. All right. 
that's that's one I definitely um I plan to watch now. Um, I remember it coming out. Actually, there's a chance I saw it because I vaguely feel like I was dragged to the theater with my mother, but maybe didn't stay awake for it. Um, I'm not. That's sure. okay. <laughs> Hope you fell asleep during the Brad Pitt uh, <laughs> coupling scene there. Then. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's very possible. I don't know. I do. Re- I have some very vague memories of going to the theater with my mom, like for the late shows and bringing a pillow and you know just crashing out before the movie really got going. Like I saw Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, like that, um, which I was way too young to see in the theater, uh, and that movie's messed up towards the end for sure. But um, okay, uh, that's Mike's number five. Corey, have you seen Thelma and Louise? Not in a while. I need to rewatch that one i'm a, I feel I'm like a, i was oh, go ahead. probably 12 or 13 when i saw it so if you're down i'll rewatch it for movie club oh maybe a few well at this rate it's gonna be like three or four months because we are backing up with the movies <laughs> i know um but uh yeah i'm definitely down uh gina davis is a uh, i'm definitely a fan although i have not seen enough of her work um I, and i feel like i need to um I mainly know her from League of Their Own. That's where um, I became a huge fan of hers. But, um, yeah, great. Thelma and Louise, number five. And Buddy, what, what is, is it more drama in that one, Mike? Yeah, it's definitely dramatic. It has some scenes that are humorous, but it's mm-hmm. not. It, it, I wouldn't say it's a comedy. Golden Globes might. All right. Um, they did give Ridley Scott's <laughs> The Martian as the com- uh, as a comedic. So, um, well, mine is a comedy. He, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, it is the foreign press. Anyway. Yep. So I I most of my list is going to be comedies. I take that back. All of my list is going to be comedies. Um, I I grew up a huge fan of comedic films and stand up comedy in general. Um, so I've always really attached to comedies, especially. Um, a lot of comedies are much more rewatchable to me than dramas. Um, not that dramas aren't great or better, even, but um, they take a lot out of me sometimes. You know, like I don't, I don't know that I can rewatch Manchester by the Sea. Um, and uh, I love that movie. Yeah, I'm not dissing the movie. I don't know if I can emotionally <laughs> watch that film again. Um, and honestly, that one didn't make me cry like I expected. However. Uh, there was something I did not consider while I was watching it that someone pointed out on a podcast recently, and I was it almost made me cry when I realized it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, that just finally made it uh, connect with me where I'd been kind of ignoring a major plot point. Um, I didn't connect some dots, I guess is what I'm saying. So, But, you know, there are movies that really hit hard like that. It is often hard for me to go back to. Um, but comedies, even... Oddly enough, even with certain comedies, there's some comedies that I can't do that with because they they take that really big emotional like leap where everything falls apart for the character, like usually right before the third act. Um, some comedies do it in a much lighter way. Like Wayne's World, it happens, but it happens in a even Wayne like they make a joke about it. He calls him out, you know. Um, and then Wayne's World's not my not my pick. It just happens to be a buddy comedy that I've, <laughs> I mentioned. Uh, but so I, I I find a lot of comedies, especially buddy comedies, are often rewatchable and. Um, they do get a lot of TV play as well, and I think that's where this one falls into. I didn't see this movie in the theater, um, but it has an actor who I am a huge fan of, and when I saw it for the first time, I was so delighted that every time it's on, I watch it. Um, it does not matter. I don't even think I own this one, but I love this movie enough, and the the pairing of the two uh, that start off, which is a, a common trope in the buddy comedy, is that they, they don't, they're usually opposites. They don't start off as buddies, but by the end of the film, they've become very close, and um, a lot of times there's one who is close, but the other one often rejects the, the uh, that person. And this movie is from 2008, starring Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott, um, called Role Models. Um, have either of you seen this movie? Nope. 
No. All right. Well, I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. Um, he just makes me laugh uh, in almost every movie that he's in. Um, sometimes even when he's not supposed to make me laugh, he still manages to do it. Um, and this one uh, caught me off guard. It also it has a pretty big comedic cast. And this was my introduction to Jane Lynch. Um, and I still think one of her best roles because they're uh, they get they work for a energy drink company called Minotaur. And they get community service um, after he has kind of Paul Rudd has a meltdown after uh, his girlfriend Elizabeth Banks breaks up with him, and um, she's also a lawyer, so she works a deal for them. Instead of going to jail, uh, they're going to do community service. And um, Jane Lynch is in charge of this place called Sturdy Wings, which is like a Big Brothers Big Sisters type of thing. And uh, so they get paired with Littles, as they call them in the movie, so that you know, like they become Big Brothers to uh, two actors who are often seen. Christopher Mintz Plassey, who was uh, um, McLovin in Superbad. Um, he is Paul Rudd's um, little, and he's a little old to be a little. That's He's just uh, he's supposed to be like a nerdy high school kid who doesn't function with them, so his parents are trying to find him any kind of a social group. Um, and he's into LARPing, which is a big part of the film, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then um, Bob J. Thompson, who did uh, PlayStation commercials for a while, um, he was this, he's a little black dude, and he does he's pretty funny. Um, he is Sean William Scott's person, and he has a uh, bad mouth. Like he says a lot of curse words in the movie, and it's often funny. Um, Jane Lynch is ridiculous. Ken Jong is in the movie as well. Uh, Ken Marino has a small part as Augie's dad. Uh, Carrie Kenny as well. Um, Jolo Trichillo, who is in a bunch of the uh, this type of comedy, and he's on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine right now. So it's got a pretty star-studded comedic cast. And um, it's it's just super funny. Um, I can't say my favorite part, but there's an interaction with Jane Lynch. Um, she asks, she tries to act like she's on top of things, but she's very spacey. And she says, "Well, if it isn't Mister Blank and uh, Doctor Blank, and the way they respond, the way Sean Williams Scott and Paul Rudd respond to her question, cracks me up every time." And it makes me sad because almost nobody has seen this movie from what I've heard. And when I try to make this joke to people, they never get the reference. And I'm like, come on, guys. This movie's great. Um, it's, no. It does have over 60 on Metacritic, which is pretty solid for a comedy, especially a lower budget comedy that a lot of people haven't seen. But it's it's really funny. It's well written. Um, there is a, there's a heart to the story. There's a heart to the characters. Um, Sean William Scott is kind of playing Stifler, um, to be fair. he's He is kind of... You know the good-looking guy who gets a lot of action, but he's not as not quite as obnoxious as Stifler. But I highly recommend it. I'm gonna have to see it. I do like Paul Rudd. Yeah, and he's he's very Paul Rudd in this movie. He gets, um, in fact, uh, one of the opening scenes that makes his girlfriend Elizabeth Banks mad at him is they're at a coffee shop that is clearly supposed to be like Starbucks, and he orders um, a large coffee. And she's like, um, you mean a venti? And she's you know, kind of like kind, but there's like a derision and he like snaps on her and just, um, he's like, no, in fact, she's like, no, venti is large. He's like, actually, venti is the only word on on your board. That doesn't mean large. Tall is large. Grande is large in Spanish, but venti is, uh, but venti is not. And she's like, now you're dumb in three languages. Like, it's just, he, oh, he's no. very snarky Paul Rudd in this movie and I love it. So, um, if you like sarcastic Paul Rudd, this is a movie you definitely should check out. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, Corey. Uh, sorry, I took so much time, but I really do love this movie. I wanted to hype it up as much as I could. So no, you're you're fine. Please. Um, so I feel like all of mine are kind of just you know expected, but like I said, I obviously I apparently don't watch a lot of these movies. So my number five is 1994's Dumb and Dumber. 
Oh, yes. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while. But um, I am not a huge fan of Jim Carrey, but I love him in this movie. Even what? Blasphemy. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just odd. If you're not a big fan, it's odd that you picked it. I know. I think it has to do with I watched this a lot when I was in middle school. And I feel like that's where, I don't know. I, I don't know. My family would watch it together and it was just fun. But um, I really like Jeff Daniels in this movie too. Yeah. And I haven't seen a lot of his work and I'm blanking out on the movie right now. Is it Terms of Endearment? He was in that, I believe, yes. Where he was just a jerk. Mm. So it was just, and I can't remember which I saw first, but just seeing such opposites in, you know, him was... You know, um, but yeah, and also I'm realizing, blah, 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 sorry, words. I'm realizing with a lot of these movies that their storylines are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but that's what the Farrelly brothers do, though. Are Those are the director? Yeah. Well, writers. Yeah. Writer, writer, writer directors. directors. Yeah. Writer directors, I believe. Okay. I don't know if I know any of their other films. Oh, you do. I probably do. Uh, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up. Irene, something about Mary. Oh, I've seen um, something about Mary. Okay. And they are the uh, Peter Fairley is the writer with Bennett Yellen and others. So there's apparently a lot involved with Dumb and Dumber, which actually is a trend with comedies. A lot of times they do um, multiple like writing teams because you get more jokes that way. But um, but yeah, uh, they they also, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they did Hall Pass, which is somewhat okay. The Heartbreak Kid, which I think is an underrated Ben Stiller comedy, and then the notoriously awful Stuck on You movie where um, Matt Damon the, plays the Siamese twins. Siamese twins with um, what? I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Oh, Greg Kinnear, that's a weird choice. Greg Kinnear doesn't lead movies very often. Oh, and he did Shallow Hell. They did Shallow Hell. I'm sorry. Shallow Hell, yeah. And Kingpin, which is also pretty great. So oh, hold on, what about Greg Kinnear? Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon play Siamese twins in Stuck on You. Oh, weird. Uh, okay. Yeah, it didn't. It is a reviled movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think most people use it as a metric of bad comedy. Did they do The Ringer? It was not on my list that I just looked at, so I don't think so. Okay. Or at least they didn't okay. direct it. They might have wrote it. I was just looking at what they directed. It's been a long time since I've watched this, and I, I remember I loved it when it first came out. I remember seeing it in the theater. I don't know that it would be one of those that I would watch over and over again, but I mean, it definitely fits the criteria. And I mean, it's a shame what ended up happening with the sequels and whatnot. Sequels, prequels, whatever they ended up doing with it. They because have both. It was pretty entertaining. They have a prequel and a sequel. Um, yeah. Sequels, sequels, okay. It's not fantastic, and it is maybe twenty years too late. Um, the prequel is awful, but you know that's younger mm-hmm. casting, and they basically rehash the exact same jokes from Dumb and Dumber. Um, the funniest part of that movie was hearing Bob Saget say "There's uh, poop everywhere," but not using the word "poop." Um, <laughs> and uh, it it was funny more for shock value because at the time Bob Saget was still not as notorious for his mouth as he is now for me. So I haven't seen either of those. Um, I I am a fan of Dumb and Dumber. It's actually in my honorable <laughs> mentions, which I will now not mention uh, because I'll talk about it here. Um, I 
I grew up a huge Jim Carrey fan. I mean, Ace Ventura was one of my rewatches as a kid that I, I lived on. The Mask was a little bit, but I, I did get tired of that one much faster um, than I did the others. And then Dumb and Dumber, I think, was the one that really stuck with me. Uh, I still make references to this movie. Um, I have a group of friends that I've been friends with since middle school, and this is a movie that we all love so much, though, that um, I let them down when Dumb and Dumber... Uh, two or whatever the the newest one was called, um, came out. They all wanted to go to the theater together, and I wasn't able to go. And uh, I was kind of happy I didn't because I really didn't love the second <laughs> one. But um, we all just we Secret, lo- secretly you knew inside it yeah. was never gonna. Well, the fact I mean it had been stopped and then started again, and then there was rumors that Jim Carrey wasn't gonna do it, and then he was doing it, and so there was all sorts of like rumors around it. Um, and I mean. <sighs> There's a reason that we love movies like this. A lot of times their story needs to end. You know, there's really nothing else you can do with it um, except for either rehash the road trip element, which is one of the best parts of this movie is the road trip elements. Um, I mean, I don't know how many times, anytime I hear the name John Denver, I have to follow it with the line from the movie that he's full of poop. Again. Um, you know, but there's there's great. Jeff Daniels doing comedy, which was um, not something he does a lot of. I mean, when he does it, he does it pretty well. But he, you know, he's in The Martian. He was in Steve Jobs um, from a couple years ago. I mean, he, uh, I think, isn't he in Speed? Isn't he Keanu Reeves' partner that mm-hmm. gets shot at He's the partner. He's a buddy yeah. in that one. I he mean, was in uh, HBO's Newsroom series. Mm-hmm. Fantastic he, role. He's a really it's great weird. actor. It's such a contrast. It yeah, is. He really is. Uh, and it just shows his range because he is hilarious in this movie. In fact, he lives right there with Jim Carrey in that movie. They're both comedically excellent in that film. They play off each other so well. Um, even what Warren Holly, right? That was the yeah, Warren uh, Holly, um, who kind of fell off a few years later. You know, she had the relationship with Jim Carrey, and then she just—I don't know if she's still acting or if she retired. I don't remember seeing her in anything. Uh, last I remember her, she was uh, doing some stuff on CSI Miami. Ah, maybe she went to TV, and I just—that's out yeah, of my, uh, my that, interest. I don't know beyond that, but yeah, she oh did. Oh my gosh! Kinda, well, I, I think um, when we think buddy comedies, this is definitely one of the. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of great buddy comedies from the '90s, and this is just one of many. Um, and a lot of them are centered around a road trip. Uh, the road trip mm-hmm. is a way of making two people who are either friends to begin with or are not to bond because you spend so much time crammed in a car you're kind of forced to get to know each other and you find common ground um here there's you know lying and, and the, i mean they're so dumb like everything just goes wrong with <laughs> the sea bass thing uh the, you know put another shrimp on the barbie yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, man, it's got so much great stuff in it. Um, Samsonite, I still do that. Um, Samsonite, I was way off. Like, that is, I don't know how many times I've uttered that type of phrase. If I mess up someone's name, I always will say, Samsonite, I was way off. You know, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. But again, I love these movies. So, Dumb and Dumber, number five. We need to move on to Mike's number four, though, because that was, we did spend a lot of time with Dumb and Dumber. What you got for number four, buddy? All right. So having recently, as in just yesterday, watched any Villeneuve's arrival yesterday, it's clear to me when sci-fi is done properly, it totally shines. It can, in the hand of an, hands of an adept director, they can shape this and make this genre really worth watching. Uh, despite uh, at least one person that disagreed with me on my thoughts on the arrival, but. This pick is not quite on the same level of, as, uh, as the arrival, but it is pretty relevant. Um, it's from 1988. I actually looked up. Uh, I've forgotten the director's name. I should have kept it on my IMDb screen, but I don't know that he's done anything else. Um, 
1988's Alien Nation. Uh, it starred James Caan, Mandy Patinkin from um, uh, what's that TV? He's been in a few TV series. He played Gideon on what is that? Mm-hmm. CBS uh, Murder. Oh gosh, it's James Caan. No, Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin. Yeah, no, Terrence Stamp. I'm looking at the cast. Um, Hold on. From the the Princess Bride? Yeah. Yes, he was also in the Princess Bride. I can't remember the name of the series, and I used to watch it. Anyway. Dead Like Me? So, no, TV series. Dead Like Me? Yes, he was on Dead Like Me. Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, that was a great series. Uh, Not the one I'm thinking of. Got it. Uh, I'll I'll dig it up. Sorry. Um, uh, Graham Baker is the director. Sorry. Uh Graham yes, Baker. Graham Baker is the, the director, correct. We're, so basically the premise is this. There's an influx of 300,000 enslaved aliens who become uh, named uh, newcomers into Los Angeles. Okay, so this is where it really becomes relevant. And unfortunately, humanity does not always kind of show its best face when dealing with something along these lines. I mean, this is uh, three quarters of uh, one third, 30 percent, uh, almost to a million, not quite a million, but almost half a million new people coming in. And so it's with this impetus that uh, Detective Matthew Sykes, which is played by James Conn and newcomer Sam Francisco, that's his name. The people, the immigration officials in the story started to run, run out of names, and so they got a little bit of creative giving them, so they named him <laughs> Sam Francisco, and that's kind of a running joke through the – there's different names that pop up. Uh, one of the problems, though, is that James Conn Sykes' character, his previous partner, was murdered by newcomers, so there's all sorts of animosity on his part with working with a you know someone that – is part of the alien race, the you know species that killed his his partner, uh, and as they work together, they um, kind of piece by piece put together what a conspiracy that's going to affect not just humans but newcomers alike. This film didn't spawn any sequels. It ended up working really well on its own, just as a standalone. It did spawn a Fox Television series that had a pretty good run. I remember watching it for quite a while. Um, it wasn't nearly. It, it was more like a police procedural uh, with some buddy cop kind of things in it. Um, but it did have its following. I was I was one of them, um, and that's my pick. I, I've not seen this, um, which I'm guessing you were expecting. Um, but I, yes. is this the one? <laughs> okay. Uh, I do like the cast um, for sure. And uh, I I wonder how hard this would be to, to find. Um, um, what's that IMDb say usually gives? Uh, I think it's on disc only. Yep, that's what it looks like. Wow, it's not too. It's only seven bucks on Amazon. One to uh, consider if you're into sci-fi. And would you say like you brought up Arrival? Is this a? Is it? It's more comedic. I take it this movie. No, it's actually more dramatic. Really? It does have some? Yes, definitely. Um, there's uh, there's a scene with Terrence Stamp because they're trying to fu- figure out. Uh, something regarding like the altering of 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 the aliens because as they come in they take on whatever jobs they can whether it's prostitution or uh, you know menial labor and so they're treated like second class citizens which have been kind of conditioned to feel uh, throughout their whole lives because they were enslaved by another alien race at some point and they escaped so it's it's definitely a social commentary i mean the 
it's pretty apparent. It's it's not quite heavy handed, but at the time when I was watching, let's see, eighty eight, I would have been fifteen. I probably rented it a year or two after sixteen, seventeen. I wasn't quite clicking with what they're trying to tell me, mm. um, but it it did speak volumes and with stuff going on. Without trying to get too political, but with stuff going on now, it's pretty, the message is you know it still kind of holds up. I love that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Definitely. Um. All right. Well, my next movie is from a director that I, I, I talk about frequently. Um, and it's not, uh, it could have been almost any of his films because Kevin Smith is a big fan of the buddy comedy genre. Um, you could argue, I think most of his movies fall into this with even, um, I would say even uh, Chasing Amy, um, which is more about... Um, the relationship between Amy and Ben Affleck's character, whose name I am not remembering, but there's a major element about him with um, Jason Lee's character, and that is, you know, it definitely could fall into the buddy element because of that. But of his movies, uh, the one that I really, I think it's the one that made me go back and rewatch all of his films, and mainly because I wanted to understand all the jokes that he was making, um, which is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back from 2001 is my number four buddy movie. Um, it is again, like I mentioned with Dumb and Dumber, it's a road trip story. Um, Jay and Silent Bob set off from New Jersey to go to Hollywood and stop the uh, Blunt Man and Chronic film from being made. And um, you get a lot of references to the other Kevin Smith universe. So even before Marvel uh, had the the MCU, Kevin Smith had the uh, View Askew production View universe. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for the things he did, but all of his movies are connected through these two characters, Jay and Silent Bob, and this was their story. This was um, the only other film that was really centered around them as far as being characters was Dogma. Um, they're still side characters, but they're in 90% of the movie. So uh, if you look at Clerks or Mallrats or Chasing Amy, while they're relevant to the story, they're not the central focus of the film. They're just side elements. Um, Dogma, they get a lot more play, and obviously this movie, they're center stage, as is the title does indicate. Um, tons of cameos. Kevin Smith called in all of his uh you know, uh, friend points for this movie. Um, Affleck plays two characters in the film, re- reprising his role from Chasing Amy and then making a cameo as Ben Affleck. Matt Damon plays Matt Damon. Chris Rock shows up as the director of the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Mark Hamill shows up as one of the villains for the, the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Um, James Vanderbeek and Jason uh, Jason Biggs, is that his name? Um, mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Kevin Smith's own wife plays one of the major characters, Elijah Dushka. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, it is a star-studded affair. Um, some of my favorite jokes. I, I really think uh, Jason Mewes is so on point in this film. Like, I don't think many people would have thought he could carry a film. And I, looking at its Metacritic score, it's a 51, which is pretty good for a Kevin Smith movie, honestly. But um, I don't think a lot of people would have thought he could do it. And I think he nails it. I think he plays the character exactly as he should be. He's hilarious. Um, you know, Kevin Smith is a great um, emoter. That's really where he, as Silent Bob, he doesn't speak. Um, and I, I love this film still. And I actually just rewatched it recently and it holds up to me. I, it, it still makes me laugh. Um, it, it makes me very sad about yoga hosers because it reminded me how big of a Kevin Smith fan I can be. Um, and I do love his five original films. Um, you know, clerks to Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Um, I haven't watched clerks two in a while. I did love it the first time I saw it. Um, I don't hate Jersey girl. I don't love Jersey girl. Um, I like Red State quite a bit. I don't think enough people saw Red State and Tusk. I, I liked uh, hate yoga hosers. Um, 
But this movie, uh, of the buddy comedies that he's done, is the one I picked. Even though Mallrats is close, but I feel like it's more focused on the relationships than it uh, with the love relationships than it is the buddy relationship of T.S. and Brody. <laughs> so, there you go. I haven't seen this in a real long time, and... And you already know. You're not a big Kevin Smith fan. And I understand that. I know, but I I did love Tusk. Go figure. Mm. Justin Long. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Tusk. Hmm. Well, I guess better Tusk than... Um, Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers? Yeah. The one, the one that shall not be named. Oh, I forgot. Oh, named oh, it, so. I think Cop Out's uh-huh. funny. I don't think it's great. But Tracy Morgan is hilarious in Cop Out. Um, just saying, because he directed that, didn't write it. He also directed Zach and Mary Make a Porno. I've not seen that, so I don't know if that's any good. But Oh, I did see that one. He didn't write okay. that either. Yeah, he directed that. That's, that was the first film he directed that he didn't write, and then they followed it up with uh, Cop Out, um, which is where he found out Bruce Willis is not his friend. So... Um, Mike, in real life, yeah, he, him, and Bruce Willis have a or, pretty or strong. Anybody's friend, yeah. Supposedly, Bruce Willis is the hardest uh, actor to work with right now in Hollywood over like the last ten years. Wow, I would have never guessed. You can kind what? of see it if you watch Red. Um, actually, if you watch anything he's been in in the last ten years, he looks miserable, and that's not a character choice. That's just I think he's generally miserable. Well. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but he used to own a home in Sun Valley, and everyone around here loves him. Oh, I did not and know that. I worked with a guy that plays drums, and he's a really great like drummer, and he got to play drums in Bruce Willis's band a while back, and he said this was a while back, because he and Demi Moore were still married, but he said that he was so nice, and everybody, it was just so nice. So it's just... And, it's interesting to me using that word because I haven't heard anything like that. I don't watch his work. And then around Idaho, you know, people love him. Well, but remember, um, you, as you noted, he was still with Demi Moore then. And I do think the divorce yeah. was one of the things that weighed on him um, because most of the stories that I've heard about him being hard to work with is post the divorce. Um, uh-huh. And so, you know. Um, all right. Mike, you didn't have anything to add. I'm surprised because you're a uh, your fellow Kevin Smithite. Um, I I am I do I do I mean I remember seeing this in the theater it's so weird I, mm. I do want to throw one thing out uh, and I I can't not mention it um the cameo of Carrie Fisher as the uh, <laughs> oh, the yep. nun that uh, picks him up as a hitchhiker <laughs> um it's hard to not mention that because it's it's pretty funny and it's Carrie Fisher you know, <laughs> rest your soul um oh. all right. Corey, uh, what is your number four? Okay, I also had all, pretty much all guy films. Um, well, you know, main characters. So I had to pull this one in. Um, it is 1997's Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Uh, nice. I. It's a good pick. I was a fan of Friends when I was in middle school. I'm, I've kind of been over that for a while. But Lisa Kudrow was always my favorite as Phoebe. Um, and in this movie, she's in Mira Sorvino. I just think they're great together. Um, really funny. And again, ridiculous. Um, just so they're going back to their high school reunion and they're worried about what everyone thinks about them. So they're going to pretend that they're successful. And the first thing that they come up with is that they invented post-it notes. <laughs> And um, I also really love Janine Garofalo. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen her in anything in a while, but like middle school, high school, I really liked her. And I just think that she's so Janine Garofalo in this movie. Um, But yeah, Um, and they end up getting to do what they want 
to do and don't care about what people think about them anymore afterwards, you know, yeah. and kind of figure out that their friendship is more important than everyone else's thoughts on them. So that's a film I saw when I was young. I haven't seen it. I don't think since, um, you know, I, th- I saw it a couple times in high school and I like, I think I even rented it from like the video hut, which was an old video store that used to be near me. Um, and I think I watched it a couple of times, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. I did come across this one when I was looking through my list, but I didn't remember it enough to justify it as my, you know, my top five. Um, but I, I definitely, uh, I found this enjoyable. Um, when I watched it then and I am also I am still a fan of Friends I still uh, in fact Friends is like my version of a cigarette I like to watch it you know once a day if I can it relaxes me um, you know it's on it's on a lot so it's easy to find it's on at 11 o'clock it's on at 6 o'clock you can find it on somewhere um, it just I find even though I've seen every episode probably five to seven times at this point um, they just the, the comedy never stops working for me even if I know the jokes, I still find it amusing. And it's, yeah, I, I am that way with sitcoms. I like sitcoms. It's easy to just throw on in the background while I'm doing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'd want to not like this because Elisa Kudrow, but she was good in this. Oh, Because her character annoyed me and friends. I despised ah. her character. <laughs> she was my uh, favorite. And, uh, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I like bits and pieces when she talk, uh, sang about Smelly Cat and whatnot, but uh, yeah. Well, it, it was it. Early Phoebe it just, is very much a caricature of of what a person is, um, but by the end, I feel like she really fleshes the character out and is is much more relatable than she starts. Because um, she starts very you know f- like floaty and and off, and uh, they it seems like they don't know what to do with her. It's like any quirky trait that was like in the in the zeitgeist at the time she had so like if being a vegetarian was like quirky it wasn't a commonality at the time so she's a vegetarian and she's like into holistic medicine which is a quirky thing you know it's like she housed all of those weird idiosyncrasy type things that were in the zeitgeist but they didn't want on their major main characters you know um because if you look at the rest of the cast with the exception of joey being essentially a dumb blonde um Everyone else has, you know, little problems, but they're all, you know, normal people problems. Like Chandler has the smoking habit that he comes back to and relies on sarcasm, you know, but I don't know. I'm sorry. Let's stop. I I, I can do a whole Friends podcast now. Um, anyways, uh, Lisa Kudrow is in a new movie coming out that Corey and I mentioned on our last podcast, which is Table 19 um, with Anna Kendrick and Craig Robinson uh, and a few other actors whose names I don't recall off the top of my head, but I am excited about um I don't know if you saw that was that she was in that, Corey. I did. And wasn't she did you see Girl Girl on a Train? Girl. Yes. I think she yes. may have been in it. I don't I don't recall to be honest. I did see her in something recently though, so that was probably it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was her friend or something She's like that. She's the boss. She's the boss's wife. That's it. Yep. That's it. Very small part, but plays it well. All right. Um Mike, uh, we're to you, you're number three. <laughs> All right. Well, to me, nothing says buddy comedy like teaming up Elvis Presley with John F. Kennedy as they're living the rest of their lives out in a nursing home. Oh, nice. Um, Bruce Campbell is cast as an elderly Elvis Presley who switched places with an impersonator in the 70s as inspired. Uh, I mean, I would say Val Kilmer playing the king in True Romance was also classic as well but um 2002's bubba hotep uh i watched this again just a couple weeks back and uh, i know that there have been rumors that a sequel is going to be made which i've kind of given up on Uh, and honestly it doesn't necessarily require a sequel this just i mean totally buy into that 
it, this could be what ended up happening with Elvis. You know, he grew tired and weary of life on the road and wanted to see what it was like. And the person he switched, you know, he did the Prince and the Popper deal with uh, ends up dying, you know, and going from there. And then if uh, I was, oh, what? Uh, I've forgotten his name, but the guy that plays John F. Kennedy, I mean, just deadpan and just this whole premise that they're in there and then the souls of some of their residents there are being stolen and how they come about that and start figuring that out just i'd never seen anything like that and you know bruce campbell has a way to he when he's on he's totally on there's there was an alien invasion when he was in oh that was hot garbage but i would still watch it because he's in it yeah and um, there's, uh, I just, I, I know I just texted you last week. I found the hardcover version of Make Love Like Bruce, Cam- Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way, and, you know, for a buck. So I'm not <laughs> going to turn that down because I think I already had if, if Chins Could Kill. So I'm trying to complete my Bruce Campbell collection. Um, it, it's <laughs> definitely comedic, but it's got elements of horror. I mean, I, going into it, I'm like, Bubba Hotep, I couldn't quite place what you know what we were going in and I, and I like that i like being surprised and it definitely surprised me it's one of those that's you're, you're either going to love or hate and i i just loved it um i, I think that's a great pick yeah <laughs> we always do this silence then we talk at the same time i'll go really fast i think that's a great pick we've already talked about it i know we're all bruce campbell fans um and i think that you're totally right when he is on he's on I recently got Ash versus Evil Dead, and I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. And agreed, I watch things just because he's in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's why I watched Bubba Hotel because I had just got into all the Evil Dead movies, and I wanted more Bruce Campbell. Um, and I had access to Bubba Hotep, and um, I do need to rewatch it. I have only watched it the one time, but I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. But I do want to go back to it. Um, yeah, uh, really cool pick. Um, definitely a fun buddy movie, and uh, I would say horror comedy. In, in, in yeah, yeah. All right. Um, mine goes to 1995, so I'm going back a little bit. Um, these two guys. Um, in fact, there's two reasons this movie's on my list. One, I love this movie, and uh, in fact, I I have a, a weird thing where I like um, movies about marijuana. I don't okay. never smoke marijuana, but I find pot movies hilarious and kind of like I like a lot of um, movies that are set in places I've never been because I've never experienced that. So you know, watching people smoke weed, uh, something I don't do, it's like hey. That's that's the way I do it. I watch someone else do it and laugh at what they do, and I don't have to deal with the consequences. Um, and there's a few movies that almost made my list with that. Now, one, I don't consider a buddy to be a group of people, but it did show up on a list, so I did write it down as an honorable mention, which was Half-Baked. Um, I love yeah, Half-Baked. Yep. But I, I don't consider it a buddy comedy so much as an ensemble, if anything, but really it's Dave Chappelle's story. Um then uh, a movie that's not as good as the one I picked that I still loved with Method Man and Red Man called How High. Um, ridiculous premise, but it was hilarious. And um, there's a lot of stupid parts in it, but I did watch it a few times. But this movie is much more intelligent. And in fact, is listed as a com- comedy drama um, written by Ice Cube Friday from 1995. Um, I... I love this movie. I watch this all the time. Um, this was one of my, I think the introduction of Chris Tucker for me um, and probably the world. I don't recall him being popular before this. I think Jackie Brown was technically before this, um, but he has a super small part in Jackie Brown. Um, 
Well, Chris Tucker has some memorable lines. Ice Cube uh, has some memorable lines. Um, you know, there's Pops is hilarious uh, in this film. Um, it's just, it's just, it's a fun film. I have referenced this movie so many times. Um, I absolutely love this, uh, the duo of him and, and Chris Tucker, which is why I like Next Friday. Um, I don't like Friday After Next quite so much because they really were reaching at that point. But Next Friday, if Chris Tucker had been in it, I think it would have been a little better. But Mike Epps is hilarious as Day Day. But none of them come close to the original for me. I, I love the original. It, it is one of my um, f- comedy films that I rewatched all the time. I had uh, both this movie and Next Friday on VHS um, for a long time and would just rewind and rewatch uh, both of them. Um, and when I'm thinking about buddy comedies, to me, these guys pop up because what they go through, it is, you know, intense. Their friendship is tried and tested. Um, you know, they put each other in these very r- risky situations, um, you know, and for a non pot smoker watching Craig, you know, do something he doesn't normally do and have to go through, um, you know, a heck of a time afterwards. Definitely, I think, you know, influenced my decision as a kid to not do it because it's like, I don't want to go through any kind of crazy nonsense. Look what happens when you do drugs. Um, Probably not the lesson that was supposed to be taken away, but that's what I did as a kid, Um, you know, and I've always found this movie to be entertaining. And before I pass this off to either one of you to comment on my selection, the other reason why this was on my mind uh, very much last night is I saw a fist fight yesterday with Charlie Day and Ice Cube and it made me long for a really good Ice Cube comedy. Um, not that he hasn't done other <laughs> movies, but Fist Fight, his character in particular is essentially the writer taking reference. I, I guess the writer was a fan of Ice Cube, so all he did with his character was reference his other movies and, uh, and or his uh, rap g- game. And it, it's it's a very weak, poorly written film with a lot of potential. Um, and it's it actually, unlike a lot of movies, it actually has a solid third act, and that's pretty much the only part of the film I enjoyed but it did have me wishing for a uh, you know a viewing of Friday because that's when Ice Cube is at his comedic best in my opinion um, what do you guys think uh, it fits the criteria I I mean I know there are a few lines I, I always get my go to is from this one is what's up big perm I mean yeah love that know, love that line um, uh, you know t- a tiny Lister yeah I think that's the he played the president in the fifth element and it's just so yeah. funny to see him in different roles yes uh, and um, especially playing a intergalactic president or our world's president in fifth element and Chris Tucker's really good Where, what's he done lately um, he had retired I believe for a little while um, uh, but oh something just happened I don't know who just left um, but um, are you guys both there I'm here yeah okay um, you know, he did the Rush Hour movies, and those obviously haven't been done for a while. Uh, there is a rumor of Rush Hour 4, um, but I, I knew I just saw him something. He is in uh, um, Ang Lee's most recent film, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, in a very weird casting. Um, he plays an agent who's trying to help the Marines uh, get a movie deal. Um, like their story sold to a movie deal and he is it's a little weird and apparently he's in Silver Linings Playbook but I don't remember him in that um, that's interesting oh I was way off Jackie Brown is 1997 my bad um, he had a busy 1997 Fifth Element Money Talks Jackie Brown all in 97 followed 
by oh, rush wait. hour the next year. I was thinking uh, Jackie Brown was 94, so I was way off. My bad. Um, but yeah. so I haven't was... seen the any of the Friday movies in a while, ah. um, but I was thinking when you were mentioning the scene, maybe this was supposed to be our generation's reefer madness. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> think so, but they definitely I mean, they don't glor they don't glorify it. Um obviously you can take it that way because Chris Tucker when he is smoking, he's you know, there's a lot of show about how he smokes and like rolling the joints and stuff. It is um they try to make it look very cool, but the consequences are are big and it does um you know, Pops does have a moral backbone to the story about, you know, making better choices and stuff and it's um and Craig had never done it you know until then because he you know he was trying to keep his job he was trying to make a life for himself and he just got fired which is of course one of the most famous lines is it's friday you ain't got no job and you ain't got nothing to do but he didn't say nothing so i've had to censor myself a lot tonight <laughs> but um not even myself the movie quotes that i'm using but yeah that's um I love it. It's one that I I actually don't own on Blu-ray or DVD, um, and which is why I haven't seen it in a while because I I never bought them after I switched out of VHS completely, um, and it's it's one I, I would like to own. I I'm sure I could probably get like the trilogy or something for pretty cheap, but uh, there is a rumor for Friday number four with Chris Tucker back in it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be like Craig's son or something because like they're way too old to still be living with their parents, but. Um, well, yeah, but Pops is hilarious though. If you if you've ever watched like the Pop Pops the actor, I can't think of his uh, John List. No, is it John Lister? I don't know. Um, he was on the Wayne Brother TV show with Marlon and Sean Wayans, and he was Pops there too, and uh, cracked me up. Like he, man, he just always killed me. But um, all right, Corey, what is uh your number three? All right. I kind of talked about this movie, but didn't list it during our holiday film list. But my number three is 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, directed by John Hughes. It stars um, John Candy as Dell and Steve Martin as Neil. Um, See, I love Steve Martin. I love him. Um, I like John Candy a lot, too. Steve Martin plays kind of this uptight... um, businessman and then he meets um Dell and Dell's like really the opposite of him he's like super nice he talks a lot um they're just complete opposites and they end up having to travel together um because Neil is trying to get home for the holidays and the whole movie pretty much um Neil is actually pretty annoyed with Dell but at the end um, we kind of learn that Dell's wife has passed away and he doesn't actually have anywhere to go for the holidays he's going to be alone so Neil invites him to spend the holidays with he and his wife um, which I think is a really nice um, conclusion considering he's been kind of mean the whole time but I've only seen this a couple times and I actually watched it for the first time probably I don't know a couple years ago I was just trying to go through and watch more of Steven, Steve Martin's films so mm. and I'm wondering how many films John Hughes wrote and directed I think a million uh, I think less directed than you would think um, a lot of times yeah. he just has the writing credit but oh. um, yep, yep. um but uh, I have not seen that movie from beginning to end. I actually caught the end of it this past Christmas um, on, I think it was on AMC or something. And 
um, I, I was pulled in actually and, and kind of was like, man, I really should have watched this. So it's one I think I'm going to make an effort to watch this coming uh, holiday season. Um, and I don't know why I, I haven't. I, I like everything I've seen John Candy in, although I have missed a whole bunch of John Candy films. Um, I think my memories of Steve Martin from from childhood are Father of the Bride, um, Ro- Roxanne, and uh, oh, there's another one. Um, I don't remember what the other one was. Parenthood? Uh, yes, yeah, that is it, okay. yes. Um, and while those are not bad movies, they, they didn't really appeal to me as a kid, which is when I saw them. Parenthood did but not him so much the kids made me laugh more than he did as a kid um and i haven't revisited any of the ones i just listed as an adult to see if i would enjoy that humor um and i think it's something with uh certain elements of 80s culture just instinctively feel like i won't enjoy them so i don't go back to them um and it's crazy because there's tons of stuff from the 80s that I love. Back to the Future and, and technically Star Wars, at least the last two, and my favorite Empire from that, that decade. But there's a lot of comedies that I just write off immediately because of the year and or the cast. Um, and I don't know why. Uh, it's one I, I'm going to try, though. I'm going to try to get to that one this year. So I think you'll like it. Well, um, I've kind of been quiet because this actually leads me into my number two because it oh, is my number two pick. That is perfect. And Good segue. So, um, I, I, it's got you know the the road trip element, and there's actually so many quotable parts. I mean, the uh, John Hughes. I didn't even realize when I was watching it way back when. Like this was what eighty seven. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I did not watch it right away because it wasn't one that drew me in. But then, having watched it, I totally got into it. And as as much because I, I would definitely lean more to the Steve Martin's character side of it, and Dell's character just grated on me. But then. And, and and using let's say Manchester by the Sea as an example because I we I, I tried to watch that yesterday after the arrival and just made it halfway through and not really you know definitely in the beginning parts of it not finding any redeeming qualities for Casey Affleck's character that's how I felt about Dell and then you find out more about him and you know what the, the re, you know why is he white and and steve martin's character puts it together and beyond the comedy part which in part was frustrating and aggravating in parts but it's still funny uh, there's that side where they have that connection and they you know like you said by the time it gets to the resolution um it's definitely worthwhile fulfilling it was uh, it, this one is really the only one let me see only one oh two because Thelma and Louise counts as the road trip genre that falls because that's a tough thing when you're talking about buddy film mm-hmm. tip, the trope is that they're going to be in that road trip kind of deal yep. in this one but even with that trope it does it so well and it takes it into some that's that's the beauty that's the magic of John Hughes he takes something and makes it his own and does it so well he is so missed yeah for sure and i already commented and Corey commented so i guess we will move into my number two um which features two actors that often play buddies and in fact um I don't know that they're going to anytime soon, and that bums me out, but um, I had my choice of pretty much any of the three Cornetto trilogy um, with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and I weighed my options, and I ended up going with uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, And I'll say the reason I picked Shaun of the Dead over the other two, because I actually... World's End is my favorite. Hot Fuzz is actually really pushing to be my favorite of the three, Um, and there's... 
friendship in that movie blossoms so naturally and by the end how close they are and the choices that Danny makes for Nick um, are, are so amazing I'm almost regretting my pick being Shaun of the Dead I'm not and I'll tell you why um, to me Shaun of the Dead is a bromance that is on the rocks because his girlfriend Simon Pegg's girlfriend does not get it she doesn't understand the bromance and um, you know uh, sorry Nick Frost's character sacrifices himself to save um, his his best friend and at the end what do we get but zombie version of of Nick Frost character um, Ed Ned Ned uh, with Simon Pegg in the shed um, and it's it's so sweet you know that even through death they're still best friends and I think what what better version of a bromance comedy could there be than fighting zombies together um, you know there's lots of silly moments and no matter what happens you know like how he, he'll like sorry and he's like for what and then he's like Oh, because he farted and he didn't smell it yet. Like those little jokes and those little things that, if anybody else did it, you'd hate them. But because it's your best friend, you you it's endearing. You love it about them, and it's just. It's a sweet story. And again, much like Kevin Smith, Edgar Wright dabbles with this, obviously, all three movies. And again, even World's End could be argued as a buddy, even though, again, it's more of an ensemble. When it really boils down to it, it's Nick Frost and Simon Pegg that are the core relationship that we're concerned with. Those are the two that matter most. So uh, apparently that is uh, something that the directors that dabble with buddy comedies will win me over because those are two of my favorite directors. Um, I would say without any hesitation that Edgar Wright is a much better director, um, at least stylistically than Smith um, but they do share that element uh, in writing in common that they like to focus around friendship and particularly a bromance nice pick that is still my favorite of the trilogy and I think it might be because it was the first one I watched I have watched the other two but I had a feeling this would show up on your list yeah and again I I you know, this thought of all three. Um, and again, I could, I could cheat and say the Cornetto trilogy cause it is always focused around these two actors and their friendship. Um, and even going back to their TV show spaced, uh, that Edgar Wright also wrote and directed with these two guys, their best friends on that show as well. So, I mean, you could go pretty far back to see these two guys working together, which is why it bums me out that they aren't apparently doing anything together anymore. Um, they did do box roles together, I guess, but, um, not the same though. Yeah, not at all. Is, Sp- is space still on Netflix? It was for, a it while. was for a while. I-, I watched it when it was, um, I don't think so, though. But if you get a chance to watch it, there's an episode with Resident Evil 2 as the uh, centerpiece of the story, and it's a great episode. I, I love that. I think that's my favorite episode. But, all right. This, this, this was a tough one not to include. I wanted to be – it's on my honorable mentions list, but almost almost made my list. I, I considered not including it because I have used uh, all of his movies uh, already. Um, I think multiple times now, but um, I just can't skip them when I'm talking about buddies because I I love Simon Pegg and Nick Frost together. They, in any version of those three films, I love their their relationship and their interactions and the comedy that they work together. Um, I particularly love. So, I had I had to throw it in there. Um, all right, Corey, what is your number two? Okay, so I actually at the last minute changed my two and three. Oh. Um, so my number two now is um. Da, 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 da. 1991's Drop Dead Fred. Mm. <laughs> I think that my aunt introduced me to this movie when I was very young. And I kind of think that's funny because I was a little bit mischievous. 
Um, but I love that it's centered around Lizzie and she's an adult and she's forgotten that she had this imaginary friend when she was a kid that got her in a lot of trouble talking about stamping dog feces on the living room floor carpet uh, that her mother just cleaned. Um, and oh my gosh, I think they dug up the mother's flowers, did all of these things that got her into a lot of trouble. Um, and of course she lost her imaginary friend as she grew up, but now she's going through some adult issues. She's like separated from her husband. So he shows back up. Um, I just like, I just like this movie. I haven't seen it in a little while, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it has Carrie Fisher in it also. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. And, I didn't either. And Jane Fonda. And yeah. apparently, I didn't know this until today, but apparently the um, they tried to get Tim Burton to direct it. That would have actually been pretty cool. Um, I think it would have, I mean, I could see the art, his art style fitting in with the uh, tone of the film. Um, oh, definitely. I... I haven't seen this in a long time. Like I think the mid nineties is the last time I watched it, but I did love it for a while as a kid. Um, it was a re rental for me. I rented it and would watch it, you know, each day I had it kind of thing. Um, and I think it was on HBO or something for a while and I would watch it every time it came on. Um, not it sounds like I watched it a lot. I probably watched it ten times or something throughout my young life because uh, the imaginary friend thing. I love that gag that it was, um, you know, that the thing that you have as a kid that goes away. Well, what if it came back? What if it wasn't really imaginary? What if it was something more? Because that is kind of like you can't tell. Is it really imaginary? Is she insane? What's you know like what's going on? Um, yeah, I remember having a lot of fun with that one. And then um, the Fred Savage movie with the uh, the monster. <gasps> Little monsters. Little monsters. Yes. I love that movie. Like to me, those two films were uh, good, like it would be a good companion that watch. You know, watch it back been to a back. Good buddy film. It could have been, yeah. Uh, and this one I think is interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only uh, male female buddy that we've listed. That's what I was just thinking as we were talking about it. Um, and I love Drop Dead Fred. I just he's <laughs> so fun and kooky. Um, and doesn't she she tries to take medicine to make him go away i don't remember to be honest um it has been a long time okay sorry i i know the movie i just never watched it oh you've never seen it (gasps) no well you would have been in in your like 20s when this came out right or like real close uh what year was it 91 91 yeah, I was uh, 18. Yeah, so th- this is definitely not a movie. For, like, high school kids would have looked at the trailer and been like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I was ele- uh, I was nine. So this was, like, right up my alley. Um, you know, because I, I think the young girl is, like, supposed to be, like, an eight or nine um, before he goes away or whatever. But, um, yeah, interesting pick, Corey. I definitely didn't see that one coming on the list. I haven't, I mean, God, what was the last time you talked about Drop Dead Fred? Um but good pick. I like that. Thanks. All right, Mikey, it's time. You got us there. What is your number one buddy comedy or buddy movie? All right. Well, this one is a, uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Ah. Um, and this was the right time, right place for me. 94, of which I would have been a senior. I uh, missed it in its theatrical run, but caught it as it made its way to the mom and pop video store which totally makes sense. Kevin Smith's Clerks. Um, It's not a road trip film. 
but it's got actually two sets of actually a couple sets of buddies. But because mm-hmm. I, I would consider Jay and Silent Bob as well as Randall and, and Dante. Yep. Um, you know the buddies and just kind of very similitude slice of life. I completely related some of the stuff the customers would do to them, oh. be it at the video store or at the convenience store. I was going through like totally going through and just and. Which made it difficult to recommend. Some of the regulars would get it, and some of them it would just—it was not for them. And Polk County is not necessarily conducive to or receptive to his. Uh, it might be now, but at that time, yeah, not so much. And definitely not uh, the Kevin Smith's fan, Kevin Smith fans would, would probably have been few and far between to find and. Uh, having been a, 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 a clerk or a video video store jockey, I mean, I never had to put in any sort of a adult film orders like Randall had to. Oh man! Although that part, I mean, oh my god! <laughs> just uh, uh, I, you know, never had to deal with um, uh, dead customers in the back going through. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. definitely taking it to the extremes, but. Uh, who knows uh, in in the right area and if i were in red bank new jersey i might have um <laughs> it's it totally spoke to me and not just me basically a whole generation yep and um that's why i put it at the top of mind that's when you brought up uh, you know jay and silent bob strike back uh you know i'm like okay and i kind of stayed silent because yes i am a kevin smith fan if that's hey well here he is he's my number one pick Mm-hmm. So. Well, I I love Clerks. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like Clerks Two does a better job of building their friendship, like in really like exploring their friendship. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the the plot is so much more ridiculous and over the top. Um, <laughs> and they had to be because it was it was a sequel. It was like you know how do you outdo your other jokes and. Um, but there's so much great stuff in the first Clerks. I mean, I still quote that movie all the time. Um, the the ruse, you know, when the the woman holds up the two movies. <laughs> um, I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. Um, the, the exact same movie. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't appreciate your ruse. Th- what? Thirty thirty six in a row. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, the nail cigarette guy. Like, I mean, there's so so many little things in that movie um, that still hold up to me. Even knowing uh, if you watch comic book men that Walt Flanagan is like five or six different characters in Clerks. Um, <laughs> you know, he shows up. He's the uh, the egg guy, you know, who's testing all yeah, the, the eggs. The egg inspector. Um, he, he's yeah. one of the guys that, that throws cigarettes at Dante after the nails guy uh, <laughs> incites the riot. Um, and then uh, the guy um, who will be called Snowball um, is Scott Mosier, who is uh, Kevin Smith's production um, producer and uh, podcast buddy for Smodcast. Um, which, you know, he shows up, uh, he's at Roddy in Mallrats. I mean, he shows up in most of the films, um, usually sporting the beard, but Roddy, he is clean shaven. But, um, yeah, I, I am a Kevin Smith diehard, um, for a long time. Like I knew, I saw every View Askew movie, including, um, the one that I always forget the name of it with the, cl- uh, Vulgar, the clown, um, where, Oof, uh, yeah, wow. which that, that was is, a hard that, watch. Tough one to watch. Yeah. Although it is actually, and Kevin Smith didn't do that one. Uh, Brian wrote that one, um, from comic mm-hmm. book men. And again, I, I'm nerding out because I am a I am a Kevin Smith fanatic, um, and that's what kills me about his most recent film. And in general, um, I, I feel like he's kind of lost his his way, and I do blame the marijuana for it um, because despite most of his films featuring him as a 
pot selling uh, silent guy, he did not smoke weed according to his autobiography until he made Zach and Mary make a porno and became friends with Seth Rogen, um, who converted Kevin Smith to a pot smoker. Um, and you see his writing fall from that point. So, I, I wish I had some sort of pull because either he or Rob Zombie, and there's this writer, Edward Lee, that's his pen name, I don't know his actual name, that the kind of horror he writes... Um, just I could either see Rob Zombie or Kevin Smith because I felt Red State was so well done. Me too. And it, it was it was pretty horrifying. And it would have been I think we've talked about it, the alternate ending with the trumpets actually being the you know the sign of the end times and you know the end the, the end of the world as an ending. It would have been really. Hmm something to see um they, they've talked about it but they I, I i think it was a budgetary thing and then they ended up switching it to when but it when did it when did up happening in any case the guy um edward lee some of the stuff he's he's written um the goon about a wrestler that you know get in even the names in it are take are kind of parodies of actual and um wcw and wwe wrestler names and kind of a murderous wrestler who kind of hides is able to hide out because they're on the road all the time that you can't really pin down especially during the early 80s what's going on with these victims Um, that kind of but it takes it to like hostile level um, gore on top of the story are these books or or movies when you say writers yes okay books books that um, there's only Edward Lee's uh, there's only one that's been it's called header and I can't you'll have to dig it up because I can't fully describe it and it is pretty graphic Um, or the other one that sticks out there's one and and, in it of course they have a pair of buddies he's got a recurring um, he's built up kind of the way Kevin Smith's built up his own universe and and where Jay and Silent Bob are his C-3PO and R2-D2 that appear in all his you know VSQ films he's got this pair of redneck buddies in his stories that pop up that are just these vile um, kind of what you would figure Beavis and Butthead would grow grow up to be except with more violent tendencies and the, the one story called The Big Head I mean, just this is what it, mm-hmm. well, uh, it I, I, I would I wish I could say, hey, look at this. What could you do with this? And because I mean, think of Tusk, where, where it originated from, which is eh, kind of idea. But some of these already fleshed out stories. What could he do? I know they're big on making their own stuff. Well, Rob Zombie's done Halloween. Um, but just to see them adapt someone else's work might be maybe what he needs to do. Yeah, um, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm actually going to look up into reading the book The uh, Goon. I'm, I am, um, I love wrestling, so I'm very compelled by that that premise. But, um, well, I loved wrestling. I, I wouldn't say I'm like actively in love with it now, but I, for a long time, wrestling was one of my main uh, hobbies. Or not hobby, also makes it sound like I actually did. It's something I followed. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm compelled by that. And uh, Corey, do you have anything to add about Clerks? No. All right. Well, and I'm fired for real now. No, 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 not at all. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm hoping neither of you have seen this movie, and I'm going to bookend um, my op- my number five with Paul Rudd as my number one, um, and I think the epitome of buddy comedies, and it's I Love You, Man, um, from 2009, starring Paul Rudd and Jason Segel, who I absolutely love, and Rashida Jones is in this movie um, as Paul Rudd's fiance. And the premise is that 
Paul Rudd is one of those guys who's always just had uh, girlfriends. Like he's he's not gay, and that's not what we mean with girl. We mean literal girlfriends. He's just a really good boyfriend. He's good at being a boyfriend, and so he spent so much time, you know, being a great boyfriend that he never bothered to develop any male friends. So he has no guy friends. Um, and now uh, going into their wedding, he needs a best man. And um, he was not really worried about it until he overhears um, his wife, his well, soon-to-be wife, talking to her friends, uh, played by um, Sarah Burns and Jamie Presley, and a few other girls who are irrelevant to the rest of the movie, um, about him being, he, he's going to be really clingy because he doesn't have any friends, he doesn't have any, he won't do any guy things, and he overhears it and he gets a little concerned, and um, he needs to find a best man. So he starts going on basically the equivalent of a mandate trying to find a friend um and by coincidence he meets jason siegel's character and their friendship blossoms and it's there's so many great moments in this movie especially if you're a fan of either one of these two actors i love both of these guys um forgetting sarah marshall i think is one of the most underrated comedies from that time frame um and jason siegel wrote and starred in uh forgetting sarah marshall um i love that movie um i love him and i love you man though his character sydney is the character name paul rudd's character's name is peter um the mandates are hilarious john favreau's in it uh and that's a really funny scene jk simmons plays his father and andy sandberg plays his gay brother um robbie and uh there's just tons of big name comedy you know comedic people show up in here uh, rob hubble or hubel aziz and zari shows up for a little bit nick kroll um I'm trying to think of, uh, I don't see the actor's name, but, oh, even a few of the guys from, uh, Dead Lizard show up in, um, in this film, and there's just great scene after great scene. I mean, there is not a single scene in this film that I feel is wasted. Um, it's comedy gold. Uh, um, in fact, one of the things I love about this movie, which I didn't know until just now, but it has a 7.0 rating from users on IMDb after 170,000 votes, but it has a 70 on Metacritic. So it's a movie, it's a comedic film that both critics and fans seem to enjoy. And um, I have a poster on my wall, even, of this movie. I, it's how much I am a fan. Um, there's it, it even, uh, it made me love the band Rush. Not that <laughs> I, I shouldn't have already loved them, but there's they love Rush. And it's it's just fantastic. It just, the way they bring everything in, um, it, it deals with a lot of stuff that, you know, um, guys, and, and again, Peter is not used to being friends with a guy so he doesn't really know like protocol and uh man it's just great like there's so many great scenes um and ultimately it is it is the epitome of a bromance because these two guys meet uh they fall in heterosexual love with one another and um you know the there's whenever you start a new relationship you start to kind of change and so people who are used to you being one way start to notice these changes and not always for the better you know um it's it's just a really well crafted story and uh if you haven't seen it, and I'm betting neither of you have, I say make the effort to watch this movie. And if you're a listener and you haven't seen it, really check this movie out. I, if you like comedies, if you are a fan of Paul Rudd, this is one that you should not have slept on, and it's okay that you did. Um, but I love it. Check it out. I The only thing I can remember about this movie is the ending where doesn't Jason Siegel have a motorcycle or something? A moped. A moped. Yeah. And he's trying to get to the wedding, but I can't remember really much else of it. And I remember he like shows up at the end, like almost at the end um, or right when the ceremony's starting. But that's all that I can remember. Um, so I do. I don't even know how much I've watched of it, but I love Paul Rudd. I love Jason Siegel. I 
really love Rashida Jones. I thought so. Um, yeah. Um, and then I, Aziz Ansari and J.K. Simmons. I mean, I just need to yeah, Aziz figure is my life out. Super small it. part for Aziz, but um, J.K. Simmons as Peter's dad is great. Um, even there's a, a conversation because like he's giving him crap for not having a best friend. He's like, "Well, you have a best friend." He's like, "Yes, I do. I have two. And then, like, how he, like, lists them out. It's just, it's very J.K. Simmons. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of J.K. Simmons and Juno, where there's that, like, sternness about him. But there's also, like, clear, like, affection and love, even th- through the sternness. And that, I feel like, is the character he channels in this movie um, really well. Mike, have you seen it? I have not, so that's why I've been silent. <laughs> mm. I say check it out, buddy. It's it's a great movie. We can watch it together. We can eat popcorn and, we, you know, maybe braid each other's hair. <laughs> I love it because um, you're I bald. Can't, I guess <laughs> I, I could facial hair. Goatee. Exactly. By choice. I, mean, I, like I co- don't know that I want to extend braiding any other hair. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'm thinking cornrows in my beard and you know, see what um, happens. Yeah, you know, I think your wife could help you with that. <laughs> Come on, bro. All right, Corey, wrap this up for us. What's your number one? Okay, um, we're going back to 1995 for Tommy Boy. Mm, Again. Definitely. On my honorable mentions. Road Trip. Um, This is another one of those movies that I watched a lot in middle school. Um, I loved Chris Farley so much. I remember being so heartbroken when he died. Um, I really like David Spade, too. I liked them a lot together. Um, I loved Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. This is my... I tried to watch um, Black Sheep, and it just don't, didn't... Don't do it. Don't know. It's great, too. I know, but it didn't... And I might have been too young to appreciate it, um, but this I could watch over and over and over and over and over again. Um, just all of the stupid things that he does... Um, throughout, you know, um, what he leaves, like the bottle of oil under the hood. So flies up while they're driving. Yep. I love that guy in a little coat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I much. I feel like we should sing it. <laughs> um, that guy I, in a little, little coat. coat. <laughs> um, oh God. And the knock, knock, knock. Um, what is it? Housekeeping. Yes. Um, I just think that so many parts of this movie are so memorable, even though I haven't seen it in a while. Um, and let's not forget uh, a great uh, cameo from Dan Aykroyd and um, another villainous performance by, um, I am having a hard time, Rob Lowe, um, who showed up in a lot of the SNL uh, films as villains. He was in Wayne's World as a villain and showed up in Tommy Boy as a villain. Um yeah, uh, this movie was on my list, and I opted to take it off, um, not because it doesn't deserve to be on a list. It's just, again, I was trying to think of movies. I, like, Role Models probably is what bumped it off, and I know everyone knows Tommy Boy, and nobody really knows Role Models. And I don't know that they're comparable, but I do love Role Models. And Tommy Boy, though, is a classic. Um, there's so many quotable lines in that movie. Um, even Schnikes is one of my swear words that is from Chris Farley saying Schnikes in that movie. Um I still use that all the time because it's a good fun swear word. It's a good replacement swear word. Um, 
Yeah, I love Tommy Boy, and it is the, kind of the epitome of a road movie, too, as um, we get to see these guys. And, of course, my wife reenacted a scene from Tommy Boy where she backed <laughs> the car up, and the door um, bent backwards, and I got she called me, having never seen the movie, having not seen Tommy Boy when it happened. She tells me what she did, and I start laughing. No, I don't even laugh. I'm sorry. I don't laugh. I deadpan go, what'd you do? Uh, <laughs> quoting the film, and she's she's like, what do you mean? What do I, I just told you. And I'm like, have you never seen Tommy Boy? Because that was when we had first got together, basically. Like, we were together less than a year. And um, I couldn't believe that I was hearing it. Because she's like, I was trying to get gas, and I was parked too far forward. So I got in the car to back up, and the door didn't latch, so it flung open, and the pole hit it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) This is the movie. Um, So I have, there's this movie has a huge uh, place in my heart. And obviously, rest in peace, Chris Farley. uh, Such a tragedy that he fell into drugs so bad. Um... But yeah, um, and I also love Black Sheep, though. I want to point that out. There's a lot of quotable lines from that movie for me, too. And Gary Busey being the crazy guy living in the woods is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and Mike, you said this was on your honorable mention, too. Yes, it was. It is. I mean, I, I can't help. I can't really add any more because okay. you're. You've, I nailed it. You touched on all. Yeah, it's. Sorry. Yeah. This could have been easily on my number one, to be honest. Like, it is a movie that I know very, very well. Um, I'm actually getting ready to show my daughter. The uh, She asked about it. I don't remember what we were talking about or something. And she was like, I really want to watch it. And I was I'm like, okay, there's just the one scene with the masturbation jokes. And um, I don't. I don't know if she'll get him or not. Um, so that's like where I'm hesitating. Uh, she's at that age where it's like she's going to start either getting those jokes or asking about those jokes, neither of which are outcomes I want to deal with yet. So, oh, no. Um, it, it's it's really... favorite little rascal? Yeah, alfalfa <laughs> or spank. That face, dude. The face he makes when he says that line. <laughs> Even David Spade's reaction face. It's freaking brilliant. Even the, sh- the camera work right there, the God's eye view looking at them laying down in their twin freaking beds at the hotel just it's such a great movie um it's it may be one of the best comedies to come out of the 90s um for sure like it's it's great um with that that is our top five before we wrap it up we're going to go some honorable mentions um mikey what do you got um i have a few that there's reasons i didn't mention the other guys because we've mentioned them in the past i was wondering why that wasn't on your list to be honest because you love that movie Uh, i was on it was on my list and i thought I've talked about it before, but how oh, hard, so tough not to put it on. Uh, if it, it may have almost, I think it was at my number two spot. Just, oh, I just love that movie. Um, Stand By Me, because it's not necessarily a comedy. Yeah. Definitely not a comedy, um, but it is the story of Gordy and, and, and you know, um, Will Wheaton's and, and River Phoenix's characters. Um yeah, that was just on the other day, and I had, I had to watch at least through the intro part. Um, Tommy Boy was on it. Shaun of the Dead was on it. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, uh, I had that one, Shane too. Shane Black discussion. I love Shane uh, Black. Yeah, just works perfect. I, I need, I, it reminded me that i got to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Love that movie. Um, Wayne's World was yep. on my list. Yep, me too. And my last one, I've mentioned this one before, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, the 1970s Clint Eastwood and um, – oh, man, I just lost them. I want to say Jeff Bridges. Oh. Um, they hmm. they play thieves, and it's not a comedy. It's more dramatic than comedic, um, but one of those from the 70s that people may have overlooked, and I lucked out watching it. All right, all right. Well, I want to point out that 2016 um, had several movies that could fall into the buddy category. Uh, Swiss Army Man, 
um, Hunt for the Wilder People and the Nice Guys all fall into the buddy comedy genre. Um, all great and could have been on my list. Um, I really considered all three of them. Um, Men in Black is a really great dynamic because it's uh, it's such a different personality, you know, with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, a movie that a lot of people I don't think love, but I was I don't know if you know this about me guys, but I was a huge basketball fan, um, especially in middle and high school. Um, I loved basketball. I, I obsessed over basketball at the time. Like I play, I had a goal in my, in my driveway. I had friends. I only live like ten minutes away from my high school, so people would walk over to my house and we play basketball after school like every day. Um, and so, White Man Can't Jump was one of my favorite movies as a kid because um, I loved Woody Harrelson. I still do. Um, Wesley Snipes was great at the time, and he would become Blade, who I who only cemented this movie more for me. Um, and I, I loved the basketball scenes in the movie. They were so great. And um, the, even like the racial stereotypes that they play on because he's a white guy. He uses that to his advantage because everyone thinks he's going to be a scrub, but he's actually really good. Um, there's just so much about it that I enjoy. The uh, I still... I had a friend, a coworker, in fact, who got to go to Jeopardy last year, and um, when, when she announced that she was going to be on the uh, the Teacher Jeopardy um, show, my first question was foods that begin with the letter Q, which is from White Man Can't Jump. Um, and again, I make these obscure movie references, assuming everybody watches as many weird movies as I do. Well, <laughs> well, because isn't it Rosie Perez plays yes. his? Yep, Rosie. Because she goes. That's like her dream. It is. Is it's, to go to Jeopardy. It's a major plot point of the film, and uh, she gets to. In fact, um, and I love that movie. Still, um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it's one. Um, I also had Lethal Weapon, Tenacious D, and The Pick of Destiny. I mentioned it on another podcast, and I think it applies. Bad Boys, Martin Lawrence, and um, and Will Smith. I loved the first Bad Boys so much. I didn't even realize until I was much older that it was a Michael Bay film. But I I used to watch that movie all the time, um, and uh, I still quote one of the lines from that movie um be uh, which that might be the second one i don't whenever will smith um and martin lawrence answer the door for the girl's uh boyfriend and they play up the whole like i'm not afraid to go back to prison type of thing um because you know i have a daughter so i always have planned to be that way um and just to real quick mention uh two animated movies that i think fall for this toy story buzz and woody and um shrek uh shrek and donkey so um Corey, what do you got for honorable mentions i only have a couple um when i initially made this list i was having a hard time with keeping it to duos um so honorable mention of oh brother where art thou yep and then um baby mama i love amy poehler oh. um tina fey and this i believe was my introduction to melissa McCart- mccarthy really i didn't um, even know she was in that one yeah she i think she plays like the like Lamaze or something teacher oh. for a birthing class and it's just kind of it's pretty funny but um yeah that's right. all that I, I have. Gotta say, if I was going to pick uh, Amy Poehler or Tina Fey, though, I would have gone with Sisters. Um, I thought that was a funnier movie. I didn't uh, see that. Oh, really? It's it's yeah. It's not great. Like it, it's got its flaws, but I there's a lot to enjoy in the film. Um, didn't it come out after that movie that Tina Fey did with Steve Carell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did not like that movie. That movie, dude. Uh, Day yeah. night. Day night's awful. Um, real, real yeah. bad. Um, but no, Sisters is. Like, it's funny. It's not perfect, but it's definitely watchable. Um, Baby's Mama, that was the uh, the um, Amy Poehler character that I don't like. When she plays the kind of dumb character, it reminds me too much of Steve Carell's Michael Scott, who drives me nuts. Um, 
everyone, but I well, love him that way. I know, okay. and a lot of most people do. I am in the minority of that opinion, but that's why it wasn't appealing to me um, for Baby's Mama because she was just too dumb. Um, but all right, everybody, thank you for listening to Top Five Movies. If you like our podcast, please share it. Please, if you're on SoundCloud, follow us. If you're uh, listening to us on a podcast app like iTunes Podcast or uh, Stitcher or Podcast uh, Pocket Cast, um, please subscribe and uh, you know set it to automatic downloads. Uh, we'd love to hear your top five um, buddy films, buddy stories. Um, let's say buddy love, top five movie buddy love. Um, We'd love to see your list. So you can tweet at us. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? I'm at Corey R Star. Two R's on the end. And Mikey? At Server Mikey. And uh, you can also f- follow us on Facebook or um, on our website. You can email us at BurkeReviews.com. Um, I'm John Burke at BurkeReviews.com if you want to email us. We'd love to hear your list. Uh, we also would love to hear your ideas. What list should we do? We've got a lot of topics set us- set up, but, you know, eventually it's going to start to, uh, we're going to hit the well. The well will run dry. That's what I'm trying to say. The well will run dry, and we will need some new ideas. So if you have ideas for a top five list, we'd love to hear those. So feel free to tweet at us with those. Um, Corey and I also do a weekly podcast um, on the Burke review podcast subscription um called movie club uh this past week we reviewed um the light between oceans which is now available to listen to and this coming week we are going to be reviewing um i have forgotten oh the um Corey, what's the name of this movie that i cannot remember to save my life oh my gosh i i don't feel at home in this world anymore that's it you nailed it uh the new making blair film that is on netflix um, if you are not familiar with Macon Blair, he starred in Blue Ruin, which is a Jeremy Saulnier film, and he also co-starred kind of in Green Room from 2016. Um, he's a terrific actor, and uh, from the buzz from Sundance, he's a t- pretty der- terrific director as well. So I'm looking forward to giving that a watch. It does star Elijah Wood and a female character whose name I do not remember. So that's what we're watching this week for the movie club. Uh, if you want to watch that movie and give us your thoughts, we might read them on our podcast. Um, as always, we post reviews on Burke reviews.com the podcast can be seen there as well um it is available to download or stream it's up to you with your data plan um otherwise thank you guys for giving up almost two hours of your night um this monday evening and i will see you next week thank you bye Bye. peace